On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Second Shot. So glad to have you here. I'm Jenny Anchondo, and today is a second shot sit down, kind of an in-depth interview as we take a second shot at what it takes to add a second career and passion to an already very, very full plate. So our guest today is Lachelle Nelson. She is a North Texas native. She's a vice president of digital experience at Citibank. And oh, by the way, She's also a Big Ten Conference football official. I have never heard of two more different careers. Welcome in, Lachelle. Thanks for having me. Well, I am so curious about this. We met through a mutual friend some time ago, and I remember when she said, oh, yeah, she's a football official. I was like, say what? I don't think I've ever met someone who does this before. So uh, how did you even learn of the opportunity to do this? Oh, gosh. Well, it actually goes back to um, I was a collegiate athlete. I ran track and which was a long time ago. And I came home for school and I still wanted to be active in sports. And so I played flag football. And at that time, I was 25 at the time. And a young um, a gentleman said, hey, young lady, you're very good with your words. Do you want to officiate? And I said, heck no, I don't <laughs> like to be yelled at. And um, literally 10 years later, Jenny, I, my dad was sick. My work wasn't what I wanted it to be. My career wise and work. Um, all my friends were off married, having kids and I had nothing like something for myself. And so I literally saw, um, was the replacement reps and there was a woman on the replacement reps. And that day I called back the same gentleman and I said, I'm ready. And literally it took off and that was 2014 and here I am now in 2020. Wow, in 2020, and then you just sort of hit this big milestone, right? Becoming actually a Big Ten official, and it sounds like you did that at quite a, a rapid rate. How did you do that? How did you like reach that height so quickly in your officiating career? Honestly, I, I still have no words of how it went by so fast. Um, I think being an athlete, being athletic, um, being coachable, having the best sponsors and mentors. Um, I was in, I've been in division one cause literally I had one high school game in 2014 and five months later I was hired into division one football. I was in the conference, um, wow. USA. right. I was in the conference USA for five, four years, four seasons, I think. And then now I just got hired to the big 10. So we have this in common. I also don't like to get yelled at, <laughs> but you seem to have gotten over that fear. How do you, or, or maybe people, maybe you're so good that people don't yell at you, but I don't even know if that's the case for anybody. How is that having people, you know, you, we see the way that officials are treated. Describe what that's like and kind of how you deal with that. You know, I would say it was more of, it's more of a maturity thing. Cause like I said, at 25, there was no way I was mature enough to handle it now as I am at 10 years later. 
And honestly, I just look at them. I either give them the look and they sometimes, <laughs> I would never do that like to you, Jenny, but I give them a look like, you know, it, it, I've had enough coach or, you know, a majority of the coaches that I know, I've been with them for five years because I've been in the same conference. So it's easy. They respect me. They've grown to understand my calls and understand me. So that's easy. That was, it wasn't easy, but it's more understandable. But now I'm going into a total new field with coaches and they're going to have to, you know, learn me, trust me and respect me at the same time. So it's a, it's an, another um, milestone that I have to make with them. That's right, with the upcoming season. But it's like, is there going to be an upcoming season? What do you what do you think that's going to be like? We're going to claim it. There is going to be a season. Okay. okay, good. Let's go ahead and claim it. I'm fully on board with that just for, for entertainment purposes. I hope everybody can just kind of like safely have a season however they need to do it, whatever they need to do. When you talk about you know, going into this going into this field i think about like in the beginning where the, did you make any big mistakes did you make any calls or where you thought oh gosh that wasn't maybe i was wrong on that did that ever happen i mean we're not perfect officials are but we learn from our mistakes and i i'm very coachable so my whole mentality is if i see it once and i made a mistake 99 percent of the time i did not know so i make it a point to not happen ever again but yes we all make mistakes but we have to learn from them. Um, I don't. I don't can like think of an actual time in the game like oh I made a miss that. But I do go to the film right after it. Like we do film on a regular basis. So that's when I review the calls that I do make or the ones that I think I miss. I'll write them down the time the circumstances of that game and then I'll go look at them after the game and make sure I don't have those um, missed calls or no the calls that I'm wrong incorrect calls happen again. Well, and isn't that a metaphor for life? Going back, looking at your mistake, making sure you don't do it again. And you know, I actually had no idea. That's kind of some interesting insight. I had no idea that people in your profession went back and looked at it. You think of the, the coaches and the players going back and looking at their plays, but I didn't even think about, of course, you guys would do the same. But we get graded. I mean, we get graded yeah. every game, every play, every snap. You know, um, I'm a side judge, so my main responsibility is the clock. I have to watch the clock, especially under two minutes. Those those time frames matter. Um, you know, we, we as a crew, we have pregame before the game to study the team before we have our game to look at their habits, their trends, you know, the things they do. And then after the games, we go over what we did as a crew, what we can do better and what we improve. And anytime I, I do make a mistake in that previous game, I have it down for the week to make sure going into the next game, it's not going to happen again. Do you ever, you obviously, you were a collegiate athlete, high school athlete. This athletics has been a big part of your life and livelihood for most of your life, it sounds like. But do you ever get any criticism for, okay, well, she didn't necessarily play football, so how does she know? Well, I haven't gotten that criticism yet. I was just more of that I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. That's, and they'll say the comments, what do you know about football? But at the same time, I played flag football for over 10 years. And by no means am I saying it's the same. But at the same time, I can read defenses. I know when they're in man. I know when they're in press. I know when they're in coverage. It's the study of the game. Some coaches have never even played. <laughs> and they're the best coaches. And me as an official, I'm being prepared by the best officials in the world. And it's, it, I don't know. It's just, you can't say that that person doesn't know. Because a lot of the officials that are, in the game today are not even any type of athlete, but they learn and it's just us managing the game. And with all our preparations for it, 
it's preparing us to be the best official that we're um, capable of being. Mm -hmm. Being coachable, being teachable, really, you know, self-analysis. So you were the first African-American woman in the Big Ten football conference. I mean, we're talking about a situation that's essentially a double minority. Is that something that weighs heavily on you or is it something that you don't think about as much? Um, I mean, you cannot think about it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I try not to think about it because even, not even just in the Big Ten and all of my officiating, I try to come in as an official. I don't want anyone to look at me as a woman. I don't want them to look at me as a black woman. I want you to look at me as official. I'm here to manage the game. I'm here for a reason to, and I'm capable of doing what I'm doing if you allow me to and not make what I look like an issue. And being blessed to be in the same conference for five years, I've known those kids for five years. I've seen some kids go from freshman year and they're actually in the pros now and they still remember me. And I can even tell you that on um, an occasion, I was at a training camp and I was getting some, you know, lip from some of the DBs. And I remember this wide receiver. I known the wide receiver for four years. He got into a team and I don't know what happened the next day, but the DBs were not on me and were not giving me lip. Uh -huh. And I saw the receiver. And I said, the receiver, I said, hey, you remember me? He's like, yeah, you coached my whole college year. You're from the North Texas, you know, at North Texas um, games. And he was like, that's why I told the DBs, yo, leave her alone. She's legit. Like, she knows what she's doing. I've, she's been in my games for four years. And he had, I didn't ask him to say that. But again, he respected me enough to say that because I, I do what I'm, I, I'm capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So that was a good moment. But that I mean, is. of course, I still get yeah. Yeah, that is special to have those connections. I definitely never thought about it that way because you just always hear, hear of this sort of divide between, you know, coaches and teams and then officials. So it's nice that you were able to kind of have that, that inside moment. Which part has been the, the best and most rewarding? And then what part about this is the hardest? The best part is meeting all these tremendous officials, players, and going all over the world. Um, I had a chance to be in the CFL last year. I was the first woman to officiate a CFL game. It was amazing to be in four different city, uh, four different parts of Canada. That was one of a good, uh, one of my highlights. Um, and just, I don't know, just being part of the game and being on the field because I have the best seat on the field. I get to see things, <laughs> hear things that no one else can hear and be a part of, and that's that's the highlight of it. Yeah, what is that's, that like to be down there? You, truly on the field. You're not interrupted by anybody selling any concessions. You're not interrupted by your friend who doesn't care about the game. <laughs> what, what is, describe what that experience is like. Well, I'm an adrenaline junkie, um, so it's an adrenaline thing. When I'm on the goal line and I'm having that play, like I'm the person who's like, I want that play to come to me. It's an adrenaline, it's an excitement. And when you, you nail it and you hit your mechanic properly, it's the highlight of that moment of the game because you did it right. You're here and you're here for those big moments in a game mm -hmm. to where you can call it and get it right. That's the drilling. That's the height and the excitement of being an official, especially when your crewmates were come back to you after Lachelle, dang, dang good get, or that was a great call, young lady. You know, just any of that that you hear from what you're doing in the field is just the excitement and the high from it. That's got to be a little bit different than the banking industry, although I guess you can get a uh, good gets there too. <laughs> True. Um, and then the hard part about it is, it's more personal for me, is that my father isn't here with me to mm. see these moments of it. I'm a daddy's girl. 
I lost him right when I got hired into um, Conference USA in 2015. So that's because I know football because of him, and he's mm-hmm. taught me everything I know. So that's the hard part about it because can't pick up the phone to call him, you know. But I do have my brother and my mom, but that's kind of the the hard part of this whole excitement because I can't share it with him. I bet he's so, so proud of you. I mean, can you imagine? Can you, after him being the one teaching you, it sounds like you guys had a special relationship in terms of really learning about the game, which is not something, let's be honest, not all women have the, the knowledge and understanding that you have. Right. Yeah, it sounds like he did that. Yeah, that's special. I'm, I, I'm no doubt he's very, very proud of this, you know, unique path that you've taken. And I'm curious, how do, like, if someone wants to get into this, how do you get it? Who do you call? Where do you apply? Where do you, do you go to school for it? How would somebody go into this profession? Honestly, it's mainly getting with your high school chapter because that's where I started. And it's all about having that person to speak for you. Um, I, I was blessed with a great mentor who was already into college football. And he's the same gentleman who found me when I was 25. And when I said I was ready at 35, it's all about having the best mentorship and someone that you can trust and someone who's fought the fight for you already in officiating and that's been there and can tell you and help you with the do's and don'ts um, to be successful in officiating. And for me, I have mentors at every level and I've been blessed with some great mentors, um, great sponsors. Anytime I need something, you know, I have I have people who are with me for rules and knowledges. People are better with me on film, better and individuals that help me on my mechanics. Like I have mentors in every section that you have, but yeah. you need that. And so for anyone who wants to appreciate, I would start with a mentor. I would start with your high school chapter and get with someone who can get you into camps. Um, and camps are all over the U.S. You won't believe. I didn't even know there were camps. Camps, you can be on the field and you have all division one supervisors watching you to work a game and watching you by mechanics, your presence, your attitude, um, how you um, handle yourself off the field and on the field. So these camps are, that's how I got hired in uh, March 2015 was being at a camp. And my supervisor was actually that I didn't know his, I knew of him from uh, professional games. But I, I didn't know his name. He was literally sitting beside me when I was at a clinic. And I made just a joke with him. And I had no idea. And he hired me two months after that. Oh, how cool. So what's what's the goal? I mean, you obviously just got this promotion to work in the Big Ten. as And we have, we have stated it here that the football season will go on. Um, so <laughs> what's, like, what's the long-term goal? Where do you want to take this? Um, honestly, I just want to get better. I just want to um, be be the good official that I can be, that I know I can't, and just you know, calm anyone who's ever doubted me, who questioned me. I just want to. I mean, it's another level that I'm just you know really working to get better. And my I, again, Jenny, this was not even in my plate to do. I started high school officiating just to make extra money and be part of Texas football, which we all know that's great. This was not in my path at all, and it's just taken off with no words. They say God has a better plan for you. And I had no idea this was my plan. Yeah, God's plan was certainly in place for you. I mean, you think about just, I mean, you know, this is kind of why I wanted to do this interview, Lachelle, because I was thinking, gosh, as a little girl, this was certainly not, you know, not taking anything away from my family. They presented a host of opportunities and you could do this or you could be this. But I will say, 
officiating, maybe <laughs> because I didn't have a strong grasp of football, but that never came into the, the circle, that never came into the flow of you could do this. So I, I really love to put you out here as an example for, for young girls and even adult women, because you started this as an adult woman, um, to, to have an idea that this is something you could do, like this is something you could be a part of. You know, it doesn't matter that, that you're a woman or that you're a minority, you know, but, but it does matter that you've got the work ethic the grasp of knowledge and the willingness to go forth. So I, I, that's part of why I really wanted to highlight this. The other part is I wanted to find out how you balance a very um, high level professional career with officiating. Like what is that schedule like? Um, so with that in my professional career, my real job, honestly, I've had the best directors, CFOs. I think they're more excited about my football <laughs> experience than I am because they've been very supportive. I'll say I have football. They're like, go ahead. We know we get it. But I've been at my, I've been at my company for 16 years. So my worth ethic is already established there. They know I get anything that I can done and it's never late. It's always on time. I have projects that are very successful. But this doesn't interfere with my work because they support me by me telling them it. Um, I shared it with them. They support me. And football is mainly on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, I'm usually working half a day on Fridays and, you know, and I'll be back Sunday morning for games. But in the summertime when there's off season, some of it does interfere with work. But I've been there so long. I have so many. I take my vacation time. So it's just a, it's a equal balance. But it's something that I love. Um, so it makes it kind of easier. It's that one little fun, fun thing that I can do. <laughs> right. It's something special. It sounds like it kind of turned out, it started out as a hobby and now has become something much bigger. Um, do you think like, I mean, what's, what's the next level in officiating? Would it be NFL? Would it, would that be something that you would want to do? Um, well, they say the next position would be NFL, but I'm, I'm just going to be better. I want to be prepared. If that is in my plan and God's plan, that's great. If not, if I'll be with Big Ten forever, that's fine as well. But whatever it is, I want to be prepared if I am getting to that next step. And Big Ten would prepare me for that next step 100%. What's something that people would be surprised about to learn about the on-field experience? Um, I've, I've never been as club been, you know, as a college cheerleader was as close as I got to, you know, games, but you're kind of facing away from it most of the time. So what is something that people would be surprised about from your perspective? Um, I don't know. I've never been asked that question. That's a good question. <laughs> like, um, is it loud? Is it crazy? Is there more cussing? Is there less? Is it nicer than we think? You know, honestly, I, me being a collegiate athlete and being having top races and, and big crowds, like from Texas Relays, Drake Relays, you, I actually tune that out. I, I have a very good gift of tuning out and being focused on what's in front of me. That doesn't even bother me. Um, I know people think like, what, 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 what is your drill like? Are you paying attention? Let me tell you something. When that whistle blows and that ball is snapped, you are locked in, you are focused, and nothing matters but that 10 seconds of that play until it's over. Uh -huh. So you you have to be able to tune it up because you have something that you need to manage in front of you. So um, it's, it's pretty normal to me on the field. The best part, honestly, to me, is on the timeout when I'm keeping the players from being off the field. The players are like, you know, they'll even come talk to me about a call that they think I missed or not missed and their personalities and they're talking. And it's, it's that's my enjoyment of it sometimes. Even I joke with them to let them know that I'm here, I'm engaged. I'll, you know, make a joke with them. I say, hey, you don't let this old lady beat you to the goal line. And they're like, what? 
what? I'm like, yeah, I beat you to the goal line. So you let this young woman beat you to the goal line. No, Mr. Rep. You know, that's, and that's the nugget that I give them to communicate with them. I know them by their first name. Mm. So actually have conversations with them. I know them by their first name, their last name, their nickname. And I know what plays they did the week before. And I'll say, good catch last, last week. You know, and if they have a good play in front of me, I'm going to give them the, the, that award. Good job. Nice job, young man. Thanks. Thanks, Raph. I mean, it's it's just it's just something that you have to do to connect to let them know, hey, I'm here and I'm listening and I'm watching. Yeah, relationship building again. That's a, it's, again, it parallels all careers, doesn't it? Lachelle, I have so enjoyed this conversation and learning more about you. I think this is just a, a beautiful example for um, girls, boys, and adult women and men. The insight about behind the scenes is fun too. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, wasn't she cool, you guys? Okay, again, her name is Lachelle Nelson. She says it's just she'll, she'll see what happens with God's plan, but I don't know. I think she's going even further in this career. So if you guys have a comment or maybe a guest, you think someone who should be highlighted on Second Shot, well, email us, secondshotcast at gmail.com. And a reminder that these segments air every Thursday morning from 10 to 11 on CW33, and you can find the rest of our episodes, as always, at secondshotpodcast.com. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>